You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey, guys. Welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. How's it going? So, first of all, the interview this week is with two guys from Crypto Canucks. So, if you ever wanted to know about cryptocurrency, this interview is for you. A quick note, this week, there is no This Week in Buns because this week both Orin and Laura are on vacation. Even podcasters get vacation. So you're stuck with me. Unfortunately, I don't have the week's wrap-ups. But that's okay. Because this interview is a little bit long. uh, So bear with me. Speaking of the interview, like I said just a few seconds ago, this interview is with uh, two of the guys from Crypto Canucks. It's kind of a primer into cryptocurrency. So if you're not familiar at all, don't worry. I don't think this will uh, go over anyone's head. I would also strongly suggest uh, watching John Oliver's uh, clip from last week tonight on cryptocurrency. That's also a really good primer. Uh, Listen to this interview. And of course, check out the Crypto Canucks website. Anyway, here we go. Everything you wanted to begin to know about cryptocurrency. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. Hey Buns, how's it going? So today we're going to uh, do something a little bit different here. I know that this is probably a subject that everybody has heard about, some people really know about, and some people know nothing at all. Uh, I'm going to be somewhere in that second camp, probably, but uh, we're going to talk today about cryptocurrency and i've got some friends here to help me out why don't you guys introduce yourselves hey my name is jacques and i'm the ceo of crypto canucks and my name is armin i'm the cto of crypto canucks okay before we dive right into this maybe tell me a little bit about crypto canucks and what you guys do so crypto canucks is one of the fastest growing news and publishing companies that's coming out of canada right about now Uh, We like to focus on uh, subjects like cryptocurrencies, blockchains, ICOs, and now the narrative is kind of changing to security tokens with ICOs. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of buzzwords there and a lot lot of things that I've heard on the news, but like... I'm I'm just totally ignorant of everything, right? Like I barely know how to turn on my my recorder here. So we're just going to start right at the beginning. Okay. So, um, I mean, everyone's heard the term cryptocurrency, but what, what is it in, in respect to, I mean, I assume that it's some kind of currency, Mm -hmm. but like what makes it different than say the, the $5 that I have in my wallet right now? Yeah. So basically the way cryptocurrencies work is they use this technology called blockchain. And that's what makes it differ from regular cash. Now, the good thing about blockchain is everybody has a copy of every transaction that goes through. Right. 
Meaning, so if I send you $5, then everybody knows that I sent you $5. There's no way denying that. Right. With cash, you know, I can give you $5. You could turn around and say, I never got that $5. And how am I going to prove that, right? Right, right. So what we're talking about here, because uh, I lied, I know a little bit about this. I mean, anyone who watches last week tonight probably knows <laughs> at least a five-minute segment about all this. But So we're talking about an, um, sort of some sort of audit trail or ledger. And what you're saying is that uh, anyone who is part of crypto or part of this blockchain has a copy of this ledger. Now, what's to stop me if I was like computer wizard from editing the ledger? How does that, how would that affect things? I mean, no one really understands how this works or why it's secure and everyone thinks, oh, it's online. So it's got to be a little dangerous. So like, why is it more secure than, you know, that $5 out of my wallet? So uh, let's take in a company like, BMO Bank of Montreal or any type of any of those banks, right? Sure. All their information is stored on their platform, their system. So if you want to attack, if you're a computer wizard and you want to attack their system, mm -hmm. you have one source to go to, right? So if the computer wizard that you're speaking of unlocks their code or unlocks their lock and now they have access to all this information, it's very, very, uh, that's why it's very dangerous and you could hear a lot of hacks happening. Do you know other companies? Do you remember other yeah, companies? Yeah, like Uber got hacked. Equifax got hacked. And it was mostly because it was centralized. They have one central point of right. failure, right? But with the blockchain, there's so many different decentralized like components mm. of it that you'll have to hack every single one just to change something. So does the ledger work in sort of like a majority rules type thing or i mean because i imagine if i have a copy of it i can edit my copy but that's not going to affect everyone's copy exactly. so how do we decide which ones are the right ones so the i believe the majority is anywhere from 51 percent or 60 percent uh so 60 percent of the ledgers need to be in agreement with one another okay so it is a majority rules type yeah. thing yes okay uh okay so let's get back to the cryptocurrencies part because i think right now and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but there's a lot of people who are really excited about this and it's people who aren't normally into currencies exchanges or or stocks or any any sort of investment but they see people you know buying crypto at whatever value and then it goes up tenfold and then, and then they're rich all of a sudden right so how right now how are these currencies values being determined um that's a very good question so initially before this huge uh emerging market happened with mm. cryptocurrencies um yes a lot of people did get rich yeah but people were thinking it grew way too fast right uh, right so the way the best way to realize um what its value is i would say it's the first thing is its community yeah how large it's uh, their community is and how many people are going to use it are your parents going to use it are your uh, is your teacher going to use it you know what i mean so it's uh, about uh, the adoption and also the technology. Well, so that's an interesting thing. I mean, we can get back to the technology in a second because I, I definitely have questions about that. But mm -hmm. the utility of it. Are there, like, I know that there are some places that accept Bitcoin. Obviously, there's that, like, huge story that a while ago about 50 Cent forgot he accepted Bitcoin for these albums and now he had all these Bitcoin, whatever. But, like, uh, do any of these other cryptocurrencies have utility in the real world other than, like, amassing more value in which you can then, you know, trade it on a Forex or something? Like, um, are some of them usable in places? Yeah, of course. So like one great example that there is is something called Civic. And what it does is identity verifications. Now, they're already using Civic for all these investors to get on board with some of these 
cryptocurrencies out there right and um there's actually even some restaurants in toronto that accept cryptocurrency as payment really yeah uh, actually there's one in like markham it's called maison de japon it's a sushi place yeah they don't accept any bitcoin or anything but they accept something called leo coin okay and that's one use of it right there they're actually taking payment in cryptocurrency and you pay them through the app yeah, you pay them through your mobile wallet, and it's all verified. It's, it's there within seconds, right? That's that's amazing. I'm I I mean I'm all electronic payment as it is now. Like as soon as I uh, was old enough to realize, like, oh wait, I can use like a debit card or or a Visa or whatever, and I don't need to carry around cash. I stopped carrying around cash altogether. So I'm all for that. But uh, I'm kind of all over the place just because I have a million questions. But the okay, so the whole idea of the blockchain. Uh, I feel like the the sort of ramifications of that go beyond currency, right? Because we're it it it's a tool for for verification, I guess, or like uh, keeping people honest. So, like, I imagine that technology can be used outside of just you know determining value of currency or or of buying and selling currency. So, are there any like strong examples that you guys can think of of companies using blockchain for other interesting? sort of things because i'm kind of curious as to like what what other uses it has uh you know what's so funny every uh industry because i know a lot of people in various industries so every industry that i kind of talk to i ask them what their problems are you know and majority of their problems when they're describing it to me i'm like hey man you could easily use the blockchain (laughs) like it's it's very interesting because like you said it's the verification and keeping people honest so all businesses uh without trust there's no way that they're going to be able to function. And that's what the blockchain provides. It provides the trust of transactions. It provides the trust, the proof of of transparencies and all that. So I would, in different types of businesses, like you said, the utility for civic. Yeah. um, There are several other cryptocurrencies out there. Like, I'm not sure if you've heard of Ethereum. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So Ethereum is not a currency, but essentially it's a platform that you can build decentralized applications on as long as you know the language that they're using. Uh, so that's one reason why I would say uh, uh, to answer your question. Even recently, yeah. there was uh, one, I think it was the Canadian government that was actually trialing uh, their grants and contributions. They're trialing it now on the Ethereum blockchain. Oh, so interesting. They're, they're trying to like look into it and test it. Right. Actually. So I, I imagine for any sort of blockchain to be successful, you need a large enough user base because you need to spread copies of that across those users. So how did these companies kind of grow to have a large enough user base for for these uh um uh, audit logs or whatever you want to call them to be useful because if there's only like 30 users you know that's not nearly as secure as you know thirty thousand. of course so like they usually what they do is like they'll incentivize people to carry these copies of these ledgers yeah there's either there's people that are mining on the network Mm -hmm. which is a whole nother topic right and then so they earn their cryptocurrency for supporting the network. Right. So just honestly, just if you have a copy of the ledger, then you're earning that crypto and gaining free money basically, right? Okay. So now with this whole online business, because I know that, uh, you know, to verify ledgers and all that stuff, we all have to be connected. But I know that you can also take some of these currencies, like for sure Bitcoin, you can take it offline and lock yep. it in like cold storage on like a USB or something. How does that, how does that even work? You know, like how, how do you take something that requires a network of people to verify? How do you take that offline and then have it still be useful? You know, is there any simple way to explain this? Because like, I, 
I understand it in concept, but it kind of baffles me because I don't really know how it all works. Just basically, when you're taking it offline, yeah, is there's these things called like the private keys and the public keys. So when you're taking the private keys offline, you're storing it off anything that's connected to the internet, yeah. which reduces like the rate of getting hacked or getting your private keys stolen. But th- those private keys or the public key is always stored on everybody's ledger, so they know exactly what's on that address. Always, right. it doesn't go anywhere. You're the only one that's able to move that. So currency out. That key is essentially the currency when you take it offline. Yeah. It's your password. Your public key is like your email. Yeah. And your private key is like your password. And got, in got order you. to send an email, you need to obviously have your password. But I, I imagine it's way more complex than a password. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't oh, yeah, just, just like the simplest. Yeah. <laughs> the simplest form, yeah. The simplest analogy to describe. Right. Public and private keys. Yeah. Okay. So now is, is mining still a thing that... that people do like can i still mine bitcoin or yeah whatever? for sure you can definitely still mine it just it's a little more difficult now and okay it takes up a lot of electricity to mine how does that how does that work i mean in a, in the simplest terms maybe you can use one of those analogies again yeah. because like how how does like you know you just run something on your computer and then like it, it maybe gives you money like i don't really it's called a proof of work concept okay. uh, when it comes to cryptocurrencies and, and mining. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best way I can describe it or the best way I, I tell myself what it is, is just um, so imagine that you're on it like a, a Easter hunt and you're getting different types of clues. Yeah. Again, it's a mathematical al- algorithm that you have to solve and your computer has to be like fast enough. And yeah, it uses graphic cards. They use GPUs. Right. To to solve those algorithms and once you solve the algorithms you get rewarded with the cryptocurrency let's just say it's bitcoin for instance well okay so for you non-computer nerds out there uh the reason why they use graphics cards for these for this computing um you know it it sounds counterintuitive but uh graphics processing is one of like the the largest sort of uh tasks that or the biggest tasks that a computer can undertake and so the graphics processors have a lot of independent power and so people have found ways to turn that power into code cracking or whatever you, we want to call it so that you can crack these codes to get that get that bitcoin all right so um why would people want to use this over traditional currency i guess the security is one thing that you guys mentioned but like why do you think people are so attracted to it now uh, I because it's been around a while, right? Like Bitcoin's like what, yeah. like eight or nine years? Or it's been around, yeah. It's been around eight or nine years. So again, uh, for people to use it, think about it this way: if you're, there's a story that I always tell people is uh, there were these two brothers, and one brother is in LA, the other one's in South Korea, okay. and the brother in LA once figured out that the brother in South Korea was at a bar, and this bar accepts cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. So what the what the brother in L.A. does is sends money to this bar and it's his brother's birthday in South Korea. And imagine he got a beer in front of him because his brother in L.A. sent cryptocurrency to a bar in South Korea. Think about this. Like, yeah, yeah. And he got the beer on the spot because it was paid for. In like no seconds, borders. Yeah. And it got there in seconds. And it's just that to me kind of woke me up and said, wow, that's amazing. So now imagine for larger scales. Imagine if you're a company and you want to send like, I don't know, $5 million. You need to send send it for whatever you need to. You you need to figure out your business. Right. Right. 
now you don't have to go through a bank anymore. You don't have to go through an intermediary. Right. And, and there's no verification. Uh, well, there's verification processes, but there's no like holds or. Yeah, yeah, there's no holds. And the only people that know about that transaction is you and the person that you sent it to. Now, other people can check it out on the ledger and say, oh, wow, this person sent five million. But they don't know your name. They don't know your address. They don't know anything about you. So that's what's the that's what that's what I find very, very interesting. And, uh, yeah, and you yeah. also become like your own independent bank, I guess. Yeah. You don't need to trust the bank with holding your money. Right. I can hold my own money and I can kind of transact with anybody I want. Mm -hmm. Again, so, and it's been around for 10 years, but it's the knowledge and the education of people like, because it's so new, people are like, well, how does, how does this work or how does that work? And, and they kind of shy away from the technology. The people right. who in, go di dive right in and they know how it works. Yeah. Obviously, they're a little bit safer because they know... If you don't know what you're doing, it could be very, very dangerous. Right. You can send it to a wrong address and your money could be gone forever. It's very hard to retrieve. So you really need to know what you're doing. And keeping it in safe places, I imagine. Because there's, yeah. there's, I mean, stories a while ago about certain uh, exchanges getting hacked and whatever. So I guess that's why people keep their stuff offline yeah. so that it's not as yeah, exposed. Again. Because it's like cash, right, I guess? Again, you're, you're trusting this third party exchange with your money yeah rather versus than just, yourself yeah. yeah just hold it somewhere that's safe and nobody knows about it so okay i mean let's get into slight again i'm i'm not a financial expert i'm kind of an idiot so <laughs> i'm gonna need you to help me out here but no um the reason why our dollars have a certain value in the world so let's say canadian dollars or u.s dollars is because the government is able to control inflation mm -hmm. right or not fully control it, but at least have some controls over inflation and the number of dollars is limited. Mm -hmm. How are cryptocurrencies limited if they're just, you know, digital things created out of nowhere? Like how, how do they limit it or give it value? Because if anyone can just get them anytime, then it would be, it would be valueless, right? Yeah. So of course. for like Bitcoin's case, Bitcoin is limited to a total supply of uh, 28 million or 21 million. 21. Yeah. yeah. How, how many have been, in circulation yeah. right now, there's I think about 16 million in circulation. Okay. 16 to 17, yeah. 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 And basically, what happens is um, the more people that mine, you know, you get one Bitcoin from mining. Yeah. And then that kind of drops from that total supply that that's out there. Right. And that makes it deflationary compared compared to like inflationary, where they just print more money, introduce more money. Right. System, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it, what's happening in the states? But it was limited from the start. Yes. And, and so now there's, I mean, if someone wanted to, they wouldn't be able to create more. No. No, they wouldn't. They would need to get into a fork. So just like Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin Gold, all of these things, like if they, if they don't agree with how Bitcoin is functioning, yeah. they can't add on to it. They would need to fork into another coin, but still using the Bitcoin's blockchain. Okay. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's a little bit complex, but yeah, you're not able to create more or less. And the great thing about it is, and when I found this out, I, wow, I'm like, this is genius. And that's how you keep the price, uh, you know, continue to go to continue to rise because yeah. every year you're only allowed to mine a certain amount. So maybe the first year when the algorithms are very easy, you were able to mine like maybe like 50,000, 60,000, maybe 150,000 for the year. Yeah. Now the way it's going and the difficulty levels and all that, you're only allowed to mine around like 36, 37,000 a year yeah. until it gets to 2140. So the last Bitcoin that's going to be mined is like 2,140 right. AD, which is crazy, right? We're yeah. not even going to be around for that. Or maybe we will, who knows? <laughs> that is crazy. I actually have a Bitcoin story 
about six or seven years ago, uh, we heard about it, me and my buddies, and we, we tried to mine a couple using our just like the graphics cards we had in our computer, just like yeah. utter garbage. And we actually were able to get some. Oh, wow. But they were useful for absolutely nothing at that point. At that point, yeah. Uh, we traded them for, I think, like passwords to websites or something. <laughs> so it was, uh, we are all collectively kicking ourselves um, right now, but I guess there's probably a million of those stories. So many. The twenty million dollar pizza. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, do you know about that story? No, no. Tell me. There's a pizza. There's a story out there where um, some some pizza store basically some guy offered them Bitcoin, like ten thousand Bitcoin at the time was probably like one or two cents. Yeah. He goes, I'll give you ten thousand Bitcoins for two large pizzas, and I don't know what knowledge this pizza delivery guy or the pizza owner had. Yeah. He accepted it, and now every year. They celebrate. They celebrate with a big Bitcoin pizza because <laughs> they got like crazy money out of nowhere, you know, and they just held on to it. And that's amazing. It gained in value. And yeah, held on to it. Yeah. Well, I, well, I wish I had fucking held on to it. You know what? It's tough. I, I, I was hearing a lot of stories where there were kids out there. They were playing games online. Yeah. And their rewards. You know how you get rewarded in games and you get their coins or whatever. Yeah. So it was kind of like a Bitcoin faucet and they were accumulating Bitcoin. But they don't, I didn't, I didn't think they know what Bitcoin was or what its potential was. Yeah. So they were just like, oh, like, what do I do with all this coin now? And they sold it for pennies to the dollar. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what we did. It wasn't because it didn't have any immediate uses for us. It wasn't obvious that, and there was no way to monitor the, really monitor the value of it. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, eh, whatever, you know, but now there's a lot of tools in place, obviously. Of course. Yeah. To be able to keep track. Okay. So one thing I hear a lot about when I ask because I'm constantly asking people about this stuff and they're talking about coins and some people are talking about tokens mm-hmm. and are, like, are those words interchangeable? What's the difference here? What are we talking about? Because I don't really understand. I know some, some of these things, you know, they're offering you tokens instead of, co- I don't know. So. Yeah. So that's another thing. Like when people say cryptocurrency, like I feel like that should change as well because there's over 1600 cryptocurrencies right now on coinmarketcap.com okay. but not all of them are currencies actually like i don't even know if like 90 percent of them are currencies right right so um when they say token uh it's kind of tough because uh there's two different kinds of tokens now utility tokens and security tokens okay uh, so maybe there's a differentiation of that but essentially like bitcoin is like a token they just call it a coin or I guess if it has a utility factor in it, right. they call it a token. And if it's a currency, then they would call it a coin. And some of these aren't currencies, right? Some of these are almost like micro investments into uh, either a platform or a, a company. Like some, there have been some startups that have started a currency as sort of a way to get monies instead of instead of you know a couple investors investing a couple million. We have a lot of people buying a couple thousand maybe Mm -hmm. and you don't have to give any equity away so that's why ICOs were so appealing it's like you can raise all this money in a very short period of time yeah and you don't have to give any equity away to your of your company and you're actually giving away your token yeah that you've created these tokens right Right. so so do you think you guys think this is the future then obviously right like you know what like it's gonna take a while for implementation yeah i always tell the story again to my friends and family that want to know about cryptocurrency and how it's going to be implemented in the future so for example my mom 
I remember I was in grade three. She bought me a brand new computer, Compaq. I don't know if you even know what Compaq is. Of course. A lot, a lot of people know what Compaq is. So yeah, it's yeah. this massive, bulky computer. And, you know, I was just starting to learn how to, you know, function with it. And I was playing with the mouse. And then I was, I brought my mom. I'm like, mom, like, you know, check this out. And the second she held the mouse, she couldn't even control it. It went off the screen. And she just had no idea. And right. And fast forward 10 years later, now she's a successful real estate agent and uses the internet and the computer day and night, right? Right. So it took, like potentially five to 10 years for the transaction for the transition of, okay, we don't know what this is. I have no idea. This is my very first time touching it yeah. to using it on a day to day basis. So it's the same thing I believe with cryptocurrency. Yeah. They're just going to have that transition stage where, okay, no one knows what it is right now, but once they figure out what it is and how to use it and how to improve their lives, everybody is going to be on it. Yeah. I one way or another. I totally agree. I mean, uh, the contemporary example that I like to give people is like an MP3. When that first came about, it, like if you had one, it, you, you were essentially stealing, <laughs> right? Because yeah. there was no such thing as a legal MP3. It was a copy of a CD. Yeah. And now you can buy them or you don't even need to buy them. You can, Well, but yeah, you can buy them, <laughs> you know, well, you can just sign up for Apple Music or whatever and yeah. stream that. But like they figured out a way to integrate it into our everyday life and make it, uh, you know, legal as opposed to just straight up stealing and i feel like they'll figure out a way to integrate cryptocurrency so let's let's get away from these 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 sort of like vast topics and let's talk about you guys for a second how did you get into this to begin with because uh, i mean not a, most people don't even know what it is so like how how did you first get introduced and why are you interested in cryptocurrency yeah so the first person to actually introduce me to cryptocurrencies was jack like Jacques, and he uh he basically told me to look into something called blockchain. And honestly, I spent the first night just starting to read about it. And then I didn't sleep for three days. And I just kept watching videos and just reading more and more about it. And then right. once I was just sold on the technology, because I come from a development background. Sure. So already I was like, oh, my God, this is this is perfect. You know, like it, it can get rid of a lot of fraud and a lot of these things that are, we're facing every day. Yeah. So after that, I went out and bought my first cryptocurrencies i think it was ethereum that i bought first and then after that i've just been tracking everything just reading about everything yeah and since we're reading about it we thought it would be perfect to kind of share what we're learning with everybody else i like that yeah and you well essentially that's what happened right i um armin and i have been friends for a really long time so yeah uh, naturally when i hear something crazy or something that i feel like can change the world or did somebody introduce you to it like a buddy or, or so something? that's the funny thing so i heard about bitcoin here and there i think it was on the news and then i found out like you know there's different types of ways of using uh bitcoin and everything but no one really explained to me what blockchain was so yeah. when i first found when i first read read on blockchain because i was doing research online that's when that light bulb you know came flashing on my head and like okay this makes sense now it's not just about money it's not just about currency mm -hmm. there's a lot more to it they yeah. just came out at the same time right so people think that bitcoin is blockchain blockchain is bitcoin right. but one thing they don't realize is like without water in this world there's no life without yeah. blockchain there's no bitcoin there's no there's no any currency. Right. And it has wider ramifications than just currency and, and Bitcoin, probably. Yeah. yeah. So when I when I first discovered that, you know, I went to Armand right away because he mentioned his background mm -hmm. and he kind of picked it up like right like <laughs> on the spot. And I was really happy about that because everyone else that I was trying to, you know, portray this message. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were kind of confused. They, they didn't know what it was and all that. So like he said, he mentioned earlier, instead of talking about it one on one with everybody, we're like, why don't we just create a website that 
you know, can guide people, kind of dumb it down because it's very, you need to be tech savvy essentially to really understand right. the technology behind it. So we kind of wanted to show everybody, hey, listen, this is what's going on and Canada is doing actually great things in this field. You know, so why don't we put well, the spotlight on them? One of the leaders is from Canada, right? Yeah, yeah Ethereum, Vitalik right. Buterin, even Anthony Diorio is a co-founder of Ethereum. Yeah. And they're all from Toronto. There's right. so much happening in Toronto. There's, uh, now there's that we're lot. in the space, every, yeah. every day we're hearing about new projects. Yeah. In like Toronto, Ontario, there's like companies out in like Midland, Ontario, which are like hours away from us. And right. they're starting these crypto startups, right? Yeah, yeah. New, new ones every day, probably. Yeah, every yeah. single day, there's a new one, so... It's very contagious. The, the, the problem, actually, the, the, why I like Canada a lot more is because our government is, is very accepting of it. Right. And that's why a lot more, uh, I would say, more functional and more quality-based cryptocurrencies or you know, startups. startups are coming out of Canada because of that. Yeah, we have a lot that. of talent here. So. Yeah. Well, do you think it's possible there will be a point where, uh, well, I guess, the, like actual government-controlled currencies will be you know done on blockchain let's just say that's, i think so yeah i don't know i i kind of have a i'm very indifferent about it because essentially we kind of missed this point but the whole point of cryptocurrency was to be decentralized to not use intermediaries you know to be a little bit more independent and have your information private versus shared on the shared on various networks sure uh so if you go back and let's say the government decides to use cryptocurrencies like I would feel like everyone who's been in the space, they'll be like, why are we going back to you? We're trying to solve something that there's a problem with. And I feel like this problem could have been solved years ago, but they just like to prolong it because now you're in their control. So but it, yeah, don't governments need some control over currency for the things that we talked about, like being able to control inflation and, you know, helping with prime rates and, and all that sort of thing? Well, if... If uh, Bitcoin is considered a global currency, yeah, then how is one government going to communicate with the other on how it's supposed to function and all that? So you're going to use this worldwide, but Canadian government has a different out, uh, like outlook on it than, sure. let's say, the American government. So it's kind of tricky, right? Right. So if they come up with their own, it's probably they'll probably make it very user friendly yeah. for the majority to use. Because I mean, I'm I imagine that. It's fine when, when everyone has currency that they are, you know, trading for things. Like I'm buying something from you or you're selling something to me or whatever the situation is. But as soon as loaning is involved, right, yeah. and deciding on what, what rate of interest is appropriate and all that stuff, how, I mean, traditionally we've been doing it using governmental control, right, prime rate plus or minus. Mm -hmm. How do we decide in a, in a, in a sort of post uh, you know, post currency in a digital currency era, cryptocurrency era, how do we kind of decide those things? Who's going to take up those mantles? So that's, that's a good point. Um, I'm not a big fan of loans and credit cards because I feel like that's how you get trapped into the system. Sure. Obviously you use it and we've been using it and you know, there's no way out of it. And right. that's because we just didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a, there's one cryptocurrency out there is salt. Maybe you can yeah, touch base salt, on it. It's like a lending platform. So okay, basically you can loan out some cryptocurrency or you can kind of lock up your crypto for a cash advance and then they use something called smart contracts, which is what Ethereum is. Mm -hmm. And basically they, they'll give you the rate there and then whether you agree with it or not and 
basically locks it into a contract so they don't get to change it or anything like that. Okay, so yeah. there are there's already some of this coming yeah. about. Because I imagine, like, I agree with you. I don't really like debt. I don't really... I mean, who likes debt? But I mean, I don't <laughs> like bo- the idea of borrowing and whatever. But there are obviously situations like... Uh, you guys are from Toronto, clearly. Yeah. Buying a house here is almost impossible unless you are a millionaire or you borrow. So yeah. clearly, there's always going to be some need for this sort of thing. And I'm just kind of curious how it's going to go in, in a post sort of, um, you know, a post sort of physical currency era. But but I know that you guys probably explain this stuff way better than we could possibly explain it on this podcast. So if people want to know more, where do they go? Okay, so... Um Depends on what they want to know if they cryptoconnects.com definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah well that's that's the place to start right cryptoconnects.com right? yeah start. we kind of uh, we kind of uh, touch base we do have a crypto academy that's coming up mm-hmm. on cryptoconnects.com uh, but there's information everywhere I would say uh, we even have a YouTube channel uh, youtube.com slash cryptoconnects okay where we interview various CEOs CMOs and CEOs of these cryptocurrency companies wow so okay. if they're interested in a specific project yeah chances are that they can see directly what the CEO is talking about about that about their specific project uh, other than that I would say it's 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 huge like if you want to learn, learn about blockchain like there's endless information actually there's one one link that you guys should check out is uh, oh, on TED me. talks is Don Tapscott's talk about blockchain and he does a really good job of explaining it and how it gets used and how it's actually being used right now mm-hmm kind of really breaks it down so that was one of the first videos i ever watched on blockchain was don tapscott's ted talk all right so check that out but also definitely go to crypto connects um okay let's get into some real stuff now (laughs) everyone's going to be asking you these questions everyone i'm sure has asked you these questions but if you're a betting man which is your cryptocurrency you know give me like top there's so many of them give me like top three or top five or something uh, you know, the ones that you really believe in. Just before we begin, a quick disclaimer. We yeah. are not financial advisors. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is just our opinion. Um, also, don't buy in more than you can afford to lose. Yeah, because exactly. it is very volatile at the very moment. risky. You know, yes. but, but, but uh, I'm curious to see, what, you know, what you guys think is the future. I mean, it's it's ever-changing, so it's very hard for me to say this coin or that coin yeah again i'm not i'm not gonna hold you to it but like (laughs) which one's got you hyped up right now which one you're like guys this is the one you know because i had a friend i'll tell a story first and you know i'll i'll out myself a little bit and then then you can you can tell me some stories but i had a friend who was like okay this is it man when china cracked down on cryptocurrencies and everything took a nosedive there was one that didn't really take a nosedive and it was neo and that's like the fucking one because you know it's going to be china's cryptocurrency or whatever that was his whole his whole spiel and yeah. I, I haven't followed it since i didn't really you know i'm not going to take the word of one guy telling me all the shit but um yeah so he he's telling me neo's the one but what what do you guys have to say um i if i were to choose one so cryptocurrencies right now they have one problem and that's the scalability issue so right now for instance visa can handle like 250,000 transactions per second uh so that's good for instance like bitcoin ethereum they don't go above 50 it's like 14 yeah. per second. so so it's not a lot so because of that reason i would choose our chain so our, hold yeah. on before you get into that what limits uh wh- why is it limited in that way 
uh, for the scalability problems. Yeah. Uh, just the way it was built initially. So Bitcoin is fairly old now. It's like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I guess they weren't um, anticipating so much traffic so fast. Right. Uh, so just the way um, the cryptographers have designed uh, th- how it's scalable, I really... that's yeah. But, yeah. but I imagine that some of the other forks have maybe tried to tackle those problems, like Bitcoin Cash and some of those other ones? Yeah, so Bitcoin Cash instead of... So there's things called... the That's why it's called the blockchain. So each block for Bitcoin, I believe it's one megabyte block sizes. Uh, Bitcoin Cash tried to solve that by making eight megabyte block sizes. Okay. Yeah, so their, tra- like their scalability issue... They still have an issue. I don't think they even go over 100 still. Oh, okay. Right, so let's take a look at something like our chain which is very similar to ethereum you can build decentralized applications on their platform uh they have a i think they can do roughly right now about forty thousand transactions per second so that's what really you know attracts me towards our chain right okay yeah, yeah for for me like always been an ethereum fanboy because i was like the first coin i ever bought right so i'm and 90 percent of these coins that are coming out are most likely to be running on the Ethereum network. So I think that's that's one coin that's not going to go anywhere. So they're like the backbone, you think? Yeah, or, so or and gonna especially be? since like one, the Canadian government's trialing the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah. All these projects are on the Ethereum blockchain. Right. So I think it's here for a long time. So they're going to be like the Amazon of, uh, of, of, of uh, cryptocurrency or something. In, I- yeah, in that the internet runs on Amazon. I, that's another nerd thing, guys. Uh, most people don't know this. They think of Amazon and they think of uh, you know buying stuff online, but really their big business is uh, um, hosted servers and stuff. Yeah, the well, AWS. Without getting too nerdy, but like that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's most of the internet runs on Amazon. If you ever hear that Amazon is down, most of your favorite websites aren't going to be there either. So maybe that's what Ethereum will be. So you guys, so you say Ethereum and you said sorry. Our chain. Our chain. Okay, yeah. I haven't heard of that one, so yeah. I, I gotta lock Hopefully that. Look into it. I, yeah, I, yeah, I gotta dump all my money into that one, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what's so funny? They're actually very, they're very similar uh, in nature. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how we both picked that because we ne- we didn't pick a currency, we picked a utility essentially. Yeah. So like, yeah. Right. The That's use, right. the use would be a lot more beneficial than right now. Like for instance, like you said, like without Amazon, like most of the websites wouldn't be functioning, right? Right. And that's that's essentially what it is. Yeah, so you're you're almost uh, w- more apt to invest in sort of some sort of infrastructure as opposed to just a currency, which makes sense to me because yeah. uh, it, it'll ha- it has its own value like a currency, but it also has a use that other people can use it for so that, um, you know, it's not just a, a thing that's worth money because it's worth money. Yeah. Uh, which, I, which I appreciate. Okay. Uh, any other hot crypto tips that the people need to know before we go? Uh, always be safe. Kind of do your due diligence. Really look into all the projects that are coming out. You know, mm-hmm. Look into the team. Look into the tech before you put any money in. And always uh, don't invest more than you're willing to lose. Kind yeah, of thing. There you go. Okay. Well, I actually have one more question. Speaking of d- due diligence and yeah, investing and all that stuff. Um, there's probably... A, a lot of exchanges out there where people can go and buy these coins but is there any that you i'm, I'm not asking you to endorse exchanges and say the this is the one but like are there any that if someone who wanted to get into this wanted to you know use a more trusted one is there one that you could maybe uh, direct them to honestly like i can list a few that are in canada sure that we've like i've used before i haven't had any problems with so there's like quadriga Okay. And then there's a new one. It's called Coinfe- Coinfield. I think that's Coinsquare. from Vancouver. Oh, and Coinsquare. then there's also Coinsquare, which I think they're in Toronto. 
So, okay. So yeah, for me, I don't know. I um, I'm very skeptical now with <laughs> uh, with uh, online exchanges. I would say, don't. You should keep everything private unless yeah. you're a day trader. Right. So if you're a day trader, then if let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars worth of cryptocurrency, I would even just risk 20% of it being on the exchange because you just don't know you you're putting your trust in companies that you know like they could literally go bankrupt tomorrow and take everything and they have no liability issues to give you your money you know what I mean people are still asking I don't know if you heard the story about Mt. Gox yeah yeah you know they took everyone's money and disappeared like there's still people out there you know holding up signs like Mt. Gox where is our money because I'm pretty sure they lost a lot yeah so that's because of these kinds of stories I I really so you like cold store all of your crypto I mean for me I feel like you know I would rather just hold and you know instead of making 10 20 percent right now I would just hold and see what happens because sure I I don't want that feeling of, you know, I lost it because I was trusting a third party where we're trying to get away from intermediaries. So until there's a exchange out there that is not run, you know, like Omi's Go, for instance, is trying to build an exchange yeah, yeah. Uh, with li- no fees. And, you know, if there's going to be like negative repercussions if you try to do like pump and dumps and everything like that, like yeah. make it honest and safe. Then uh, right now, like I'm very skeptical on uh, exchanges. Yeah, but like what's yeah. like the easiest way to buy to purchase yeah so yeah. like that's where the quadrigas and all those things come in yeah. because literally you can just go in and buy directly from your bank account which well, kind of reduces like going out to like let's say local bitcoins yeah where, which is a lot riskier you know you have to meet somebody in person and hope that, that everything is it, fine yeah. well purchasing is a different story and storing it and yeah. trading is another right. so purchasing yeah i would definitely use exchanges but just and then i would take it out right away. yeah just move yeah. it out of move it out right away yeah. Yeah. yeah so unless you're trying to buy and sell it get it out of the exchange yeah are there uh, any other sort of security uh or or any things that you can tell people to be aware of if they're going to get into this like anything they should look out for that you know might will keep them safe one of my favorite wallets, actually, that I like to use uh, is Exodus. Okay. Um, it's not an online exchange. It's more of like a cold storage wallet. Yeah. Uh, you have access to all your private keys. So mm-hmm. what you can do is you could just write it down, put it somewhere, or even memorize it if you have a photogenic memory. Uh, <laughs> photographic memory, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I would say just do your research uh, and figure out what everybody... What everyone's talking about and you know the best use cases are people who are using the right the networks so. yeah, never share your private keys never share your private no keys what. yeah there you <laughs> go well so i think then the only thing left to say is if you guys want to do your research go to crypto connects yeah. go to youtube slash crypto connects watch the videos read the articles uh watch that ted talk get well informed let's all get rich together or at least just jump on this sort of uh this crypto bandwagon because it might be the thing of the future, but just don't lose your shirt. Anyway, thanks for uh, sitting down and chatting with me guys. No thank you. I really appreciate yeah, it. For and us. I hope that, uh, I know I learned something. I hope that uh, you out there learned something and uh, yeah, good luck.